Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you this morning. Uh, we're excited to start a new uh, series this morning uh, called Restoration in the Church. And uh, we're going to start this morning in uh, Matthew 18, verse 18. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me uh, in your Bibles, and we'll pick up there in a moment. Uh, today is not just the start of a new series. It also serves as sort of the, the start of our church calendar year. Uh, we actually launched the church five years ago today. Uh, so happy birthday, River's Edge. Uh, but when we... Uh, started the church that first Sunday, we started with prayer. Uh, and then moving forward from there, uh, every Labor Day weekend since then, uh, that Sunday we've devoted uh, to prayer. Uh, and so today is the start of our annual vision series uh, and the start of our church calendar year. And so we're going to seek God together in prayer this morning. Uh, before we start, very briefly, I just want to encourage us uh, with these verses this morning. Uh, this is Jesus talking to his disciples about their importance uh, and about their authority in the world. In light of his death, burial, and resurrection, very ordinary uh, men and women suddenly take on a very uh, sort of unique role uh, in, in the human story. Uh, and this is, this is part of it. This is what he says. Speaking to his disciples, he says, Truly I tell you, Matthew 18, verse 18, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth uh, will be loosed in heaven. It's about uh, the, the power and authority that we have in prayer. Uh, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, for where two or three gather in my name, as we're gathered this morning, there I am with them. Let's pray. Jesus, uh, we uh, come as a community in prayer this morning, and we want to uh, take these verses seriously, Lord. Uh, we want to uh, understand sort of the, the role, the power, the authority that you've given us uh, to come before you as sort of meek, flawed, uh, humble people, uh, we come before you, and yet that you say there's power in your prayers. Uh, there's power in what you ask for because of the cross and, and burial and resurrection, because of the new standing that we have before you, because, because you've given us uh, the Holy Spirit. In, in light of all those things, you say, no, there, there's power in the words that you speak. Uh, they, they aren't just empty repetitions. And so, uh, I pray, Lord, that as we uh, come to you in prayer this morning as a community, that you would grow our faith um, even as we're praying, Lord. Uh, sometimes we can become so, uh, so skeptical, so cynical, uh, so kind of burned out and just think, oh, whatever, you, you don't care, you're not listening, uh, whatever, whatever it is that almost subconsciously is going on in our hearts, this doesn't matter. And yet when we open Scripture, Jesus, you say, no, this really matters. Uh, the things that you bind, the things that you loose, the things that you agree on uh, with one another, they matter. They change reality because I'm back from the dead. Uh, and so I pray that we would come with even just a, a mustard seed of faith this morning, Jesus, and that you would, you would grow that, uh, that, that in your presence our faith would just begin to grow as we seek you uh, together as a community. Uh, and and we, we ask, Lord, 
for, for things to change in your name. Amen. Uh, well, we're going to jump right in and get started this morning. We've got three rounds of prayer that we'll be doing this morning as a community. And if you're new to the community or you're not yet a follower of Jesus uh, or you're like me and it took like 10 years of following Jesus before I could pray out loud, uh, that's totally okay. We're going to be, uh, after each round, after each person shares, we're going to be breaking up into groups around the room. You can mess up the chairs, do whatever you want. Uh, you do not have to pray. If you fall into one of those categories and you're like, oh, I'm new or I don't know Jesus yet or this just makes me uncomfortable, feel free to just sit and hang out and listen to the prayers of others and even agree with them uh, if you agree. Uh, but if you're willing, uh, we, would, we would love uh, to have you just pray along uh, as, as one body, as a community. So uh, I'm going to start by inviting Janice Martin up to the front and she's going to introduce our first rounds of prayer makes me incredibly nervous uh, <laughs> and hopefully I won't be too like rabbit traily because I like to do that too um, so the first round of prayer Matt asked me to talk about refugees and persecuted church which when I was doing research on it there's like just like a million things to talk about <laughs> with all of that so I'm trying to like figure out like okay Jesus like what is the best way to like talk about all of this um, quick like search, there's 26 million refugees roughly in the world right now, which just seemed like so, I guess ridiculous because it just doesn't feel real to us, maybe because we live here, I don't know. Um, that was kind of like a big like eye opener for me yesterday. Um, estimated 10 to 12,000 Christians in Afghanistan, and we'll talk about that too in a second. Um, and these are Christians that are being persecuted, are having to like run, run for the hills, go hide because people are coming after them to, to get them. Um, so when all of this like Afghanistan stuff emerged, you know, within the last month or so, um, it's been just super, super heavy on my heart. Um, like, really just, like, tearful, like, like God, I, there's something here, and I just don't know what it is, but I know, like, we have to pray. Um, and so, God, like, this was even before Matt asked me to come up and talk, like, I kept being reminded of the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, you know, and I, like, we all learned it, like, in Sunday school and stuff, but if you guys don't mind, I'm going to read it real fast, because I read it again, and there was something that happened in my heart this time, like, before, I'm just like, yeah, 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 guy, got, guy gets beaten, whatever, someone takes care of him. You know, not whatever, but like, okay. <laughs> but there's something that happened this time that I felt like like a veil was almost like, like taken off of me. Like, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so I'm going to read it real fast. Um, Luke, Luke 10, 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to, stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal earth? What is written in the law? He replied, what do you read? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you have answered this correctly. Do this and you will live. But the man wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down to Jerusalem and Jericho 
when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. The, a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place he saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. When he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to the inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three men do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law says, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Um, I think it was the, the part that said, like, have mercy on him. <laughs> you know, the expert of the law was trying to be a little snarky, like, and he's trying to, like, get out of it, like, all right, Jesus, like, what do you mean by, like, you know, go love my neighbor? Um, so that's kind of funny, too, where he was just, and Jesus was like, this is what you need to do. Um, so I just want to tell, tell you guys a little quick little story, too. About seven years ago, um, I saw the, these kids were being left at the Mexican border. Um, we hadn't lived in Spokane yet. And I saw pictures, I'm sure you, you guys all did, where all these kids were like, like fleeing their home countries. They go to the border, and the U.S. is like taking them. Doesn't, they don't know what to do with them. They still don't know what to do with them. It's still a thing. <laughs> and I saw these pictures, and I just started weeping. And I'm like, God, like there has to be something. Like I have to be able to do something here. I don't, I don't know what, but basically like, Lord, use me. <laughs> And so fast forward, like, two, three years later, we ended up here in Spokane, um, and I saw an advertisement here where, sorry, my, my head, I probably make me cry, where we can take in um, refugees from the border. And so it was really cool because we were able to be a part of this program where we were able to be foster parents to two boys from Central America. And... They would have been the same ages of the kids that I saw in those pictures. Um, and a few weeks ago, I'm sure all of you guys saw, there's like this picture of like roughly 600 Afghanis crammed into this military plane. And this military plane um, only takes about like 150 like safely. And people are just cramming and cramming and cramming in there. And I saw this picture, and I just started, like, you know, like when you make it wide. I started, like, looking at their faces. And again, my heart is, like, breaking. My heart is, like, breaking. And I'm like, God, like, these are people. Like, what can you do? Like, do something. <laughs> what can I do? So I realized that that's when you know it's Jesus when you can't shake it, like it gets stuck in your mind and you just can't, you can't shake it. You have to do something. Um, I was reminded of how God speaks sometimes in a whisper. Sometimes he speaks in like a kick in the pants. And I'm feeling the kick in the pants that I felt like seven years ago when I saw, you know, my, my, my boys from Central America needing homes. And 
And I don't necessarily know what that means right now um, as I'm praying through it. But I realize that Jesus has always had a thing for the poor, the oppressed, the disenfranchised. He has a thing for it. I mean, read the Bible. It's like all about taking care of these people. Um, so when that expert of the law was like, hey, Jesus, who's my neighbor? And he said, or, and then Jesus was like, who do you think? And he said it was the one who had mercy on the guy. And he says, go and do likewise. So that's what I'm feeling right now is just like that tension that's building of what does this all mean and what is our part and they are our neighbors. <laughs> um, Matt uh, told me about how there's 300 refugees that are being accepted through World Relief right now into our city of Spokane. What does that mean for our church? Um, how do we love them? Uh, Matt has some like simple ways too that he spoke to the director of it and I think he's going to share that later. Um, but like, what, what is our part in all of this? So I think that's kind of where I'm going to leave it at. Um, as we, we need to pray for these refugees, these people who are our neighbors. Um, pray for the persecuted church as there's 10 to 12,000 Christians, roughly, that they're approximately, that are left in Afghanistan right now, um, that are hiding millions of people in China who are hiding. Like, there's just kind of like this common theme going on right now of like, Jesus, what, what do you have for us to do in all of this? So, yeah. So that's how we'll open up, I guess, this round of prayer. Uh, so I know that's a very broad category, but um, you can each kind of pray out what's on your heart in terms of refugees uh, and the persecuted church, two very broad categories, but we're starting global with big picture stuff. Um, but some of you know people by name who are in China, who are in Afghanistan, who are in these different places. Uh, who, are, If you know people by name, then lift them up by name. You can be as specific uh, as you want to. But what we're going to do here is um, break up, kind of circle up chairs in groups of like three or four and just begin praying into this. Uh, we have some practical ways that I'll share at the end that we can help uh, the Afghan refugees that are coming into Spokane. But we're going to start with prayer, uh, break up into groups of three or four, and we have about five or ten minutes that we're going to pray into this topic, and then we'll um, go into a second round of prayer. So go ahead and break up the room, and let's start praying. Okay, everyone. We are going to transition now to this next stage of prayer, which would be for the city of Spokane. Um, I think as we're transitioning to the city of Spokane, really it's um, the, the, the heart posture and the prayer is the same. Um, it's just becoming a little bit more personable, a little bit more proximal to uh, the neighborhoods, uh, things around us. But as we look to Jesus and we look to him and we are essentially looking to uh, ask him if he is trustworthy, right, and if he can be effective to move in and around us, and then are we going to be obedient uh, in partnering with him? So uh, as Matt asked me to kind of prepare to share a little bit to prepare our hearts to pray for our city, a couple verses came to mind. The first was in Ecclesiastes. Um, in Ecclesiastes 8.4, the teacher says, where the word of a king is, there is power. So it's this idea of authority, where a king... Um, and the nature of a kingdom, uh, he doesn't have to use 
a king doesn't have to use brute force all the time because there's authority and there's a power with his word. Uh, he can send forth his word and it has power to achieve what he wants it to achieve. In uh, the first chapter of Hebrews, Gabe, go ahead and do the next one there. This is the first few verses uh, in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But recently, he has spoken directly to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he has made the cosmos. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful powerful word. So where the word of a king is, there is power. We live in and amongst the kingdom of Jesus, and where his word is, there is power. His word goes out, and it accomplishes what he wants it to be done. And we, as disciples of him, we live and move as his church with his authority behind us. Um, as we move into prayer, I want us to keep that in mind, and I want to share real quickly a uh, a uh, image or a vision that I had. It was about February of this year, um, and it was this image of the Spokane River uh, essentially flooding and rising up and then starting to flood down the, the streets of Spokane. And um, I was sharing this in the context of a few of us who gathered to pray, and uh, um, as, I was, as I was sharing, um, Matt was... If you guys know, Matt was like, eyes got really big and was like, no. And he was like, I got to interrupt you right there. And he's like, about two years ago, two or three years ago, Matt Martin had almost verbatim the exact same prayer or vision of the Spokane River flooding and then flowing down uh, the streets of Spokane. And at that time that Matt Martin shared this vision, uh, he was interrupted by, I think, Alex Losey, who said, you won't believe this, but about two years prior to that, I had almost the exact same vision. So that is our prayer as we move into this time uh, about praying for our city, and is that uh, Jesus, his kingdom, and the spirit would move uh, in the city of Spokane like uh, waters flooding the street. So. Hey, so for our uh, last round of prayer, we're going to be praying uh, for ourselves, in a sense, not as individuals or, or even as River's Edge, but for the body of Christ uh, in Spokane. Uh, what does it look like to be uh, a church that is awake and alive in a time uh, when the culture is really struggling uh, and a lot of the people around us uh, are really struggling? Uh, and our prayer is that in the midst of, of a crumbling and sort of tumultuous a moment in our society that's full of fear and uncertainty and division, that God would restore His church. Uh, and when we talk about restoration in the church, which we'll do in the weeks and months ahead, we're not just talking about restoring the church to something that it was pre-COVID. Um, that's, that's not what we mean. That's not our prayer, actually. Our prayer is that God uh, would restore His church uh, to the type of church that we see when we open the pages of the New Testament. Uh, something that's full of power and life and energy. Uh, a humble, spirit-filled, resilient church uh, that whether it's under persecution or it's not, uh, it flourishes in the power of the Spirit. It operates in the power of the Spirit and in the gifts of the Spirit. It's a participatory body. 
where everyone sees is coming alive to their own gifts and their own role uh, and is serving and bringing what they have. A place where people count the cost. There's a real cost in our culture to following Jesus and living for the kingdom. Different than the cost in Afghanistan or China or other places, but there's a real cost. That's why so many uh, churches are shrinking and people are falling away and walking away from their faith because there's a cost to following him in this moment. But the church that we see in the New Testament is this vibrant, living church where people see the cost, they count the cost, and, and they decide to lay their lives down for the sake of the gospel, to die to themselves and pick up their cross, where people are on fire for God and his mission, where, where we will follow Jesus uh, and, and believe in faith that the Holy Spirit is going to open doors of opportunity for us to share that faith for the kingdom of God to advance uh, in this place. Uh, there's so much we could see about, uh, say about the church that we see in Scripture, uh, which we believe is the church that God intends. Uh, but to get there, to get to that place, to, to really step in and become that church uh, in our 21st century sort of post-Christian uh, secular culture, we need God to breathe fresh life on His church. And that's here. That's with us in this room. But we're praying for all of our brothers and sisters all over Spokane that, that God would restore His church that the church would be all that it would meant, was meant to be. Uh, and as we pray that, we recognize, hey, that starts with us. That starts with God renewing our hearts. That's, that starts with God stoking a fire in this place, drawing us into uh, New Testament church, that, that we might enjoy and become all that God intends. And so the simplest way I could put that as we pray this morning uh, and, and we'll continue to pray through this series is, is this. This is what we're praying. God, come and restore your church. Breathe fresh life in us that we might become all that you intend. That's our prayer. That's our hope that God would stoke a fire in this place that, that could not be contained in this place. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and start praying uh, again one last time in small groups. And you can pray however you feel led, that, that the church in Spokane would have a, a fresh revelation and understanding and experience uh, of God's grace, of God's word, of God's presence. Uh, there, there's nothing uh, the church needs so much right now in this moment as the presence of God. <laughs> Uh, falling on the church and, and lighting a fire and renewing it. And you know what? There's nothing that the culture needs so much right now as the church that, that's on fire, that's full of the presence of God, that, that draws people in uh, and introduces them to Jesus. So let's begin praying that over ourselves and our brothers and sisters who are gathered all over Spokane this morning.